Welcome to the Singapore Podcast, where we bring you authentic perspectives on East-West cultural exchange from the eyes of youth. Welcome, everyone. Today's Singapore episode is part of our 360 Sustainability Series. I'm Xing Yue, and we are very honored to have our guest Regina Zeng here with us today to talk about sustainable fashion. Regina is the Venture Manager at Plug and Play China in Shanghai, focusing on sustainable fashion and retail tech. She utilizes her skills in deal sourcing, business valuation, and negotiation to help green fashion startups to succeed. For our audience's information, Plug and Play is the world's largest early stage investor, program accelerator, and corporate innovation platform. Companies such as Google, PayPal, and Dropbox have all received early stage investment from Plug and Play. And in 2015, Plug and Play set up its office in China. Welcome, Regina. Would you like to say hi to our audience? Hi, everyone, and thanks so much for inviting me. And I'm so honored to share about sustainable fashion with Sinopore. Thank you so much for joining us. So since this episode is about sustainable fashion, why not we start off by you sharing with us the fashion style that you commonly prefer so that we can learn more about you. Sure. So from my personal perspective, I actually adopt a classic and elegant style on a daily basis. I would like to dress in more like classic style dresses and also a more feminine and elegant type of style. That's really cool. And we are actually very curious about your career choice. So what drove you to do investment in the sector of sustainable fashion? Yeah, so uh, this is a great question. So I came a long way to land my interest in sustainable fashion because I believe there's a great market potential, first of all, because China in the world is actually the largest country for fashion items and uh, textile export. And we are actually responsible for pushing fashion towards sustainability. And second, I think sustainable fashion is a great way to actually drive impact through consumption. So when we want to drive innovation, especially like tech innovations, sometimes it's hard to implement at first and corporates will have concerns about implementing a new type of technology. But if there's a strong trend in consumption that's kind of driving that technology, then it's much easier for companies to adopt. And that's why I think sustainable fashion is actually a great way for consumers to learn about how fashion could be sustainable and also for corporates to understand that consumers, they do actually want fashion to be sustainable. And that's a strong incentive for them to implement technology innovations towards sustainability. And um, I think after all, the idea of sustainable fashion is also cool and meaningful. Mm, I see. Thank you for sharing with us your story and how you chose your career in essence. And your response actually leads to our next question, which is, can you share with us the impact that the fashion industry is currently causing on our environment? Or can you tell our audience why is it important to pursue sustainable fashion? Hmm. Yeah, so according to a lot of reports and also according to Vogue and a number of magazines, fashion is actually the second largest polluting industry in the world. This is actually surprising to a lot of people because they haven't thought about um, that what we're wearing every day could cause so much of a pollution to the planet. And fashion industry is actually just below the oil and gas industry in pollution. 
So actually, we are disposing a lot of used textiles and also old-fashioned items that we don't want, and we're just throwing it away. And it's creating almost 4 to 10% of the total pollution. So this is surprising to a lot of people. That's why we should absolutely focus on the impact of fashion industry on our environment. To break down into more details, the impact of fashion on our environment could be divided into a couple of different areas. First of all, fashion actually has an impact on our ocean environment. So what we're using for fashion packagings, so like the plastic packagings and also the paper boxes we're using to ship everything, these things get thrown away. And some of them just go directly into landfill and the ocean sometimes. And these plastics, they're killing these ocean living creatures. And we can often see online those pictures of ocean living creatures covered by plastic waste of some sort. And it's actually really endangering our biodiversity in some sense. And the next large impact is on land. So when we don't want the fashion items, we just throw it away. And how it's treated is, is that most of the time they are just thrown away and gone into landfills. So this is just to like dump all these trash on top of a mountain or in any less populated areas and just for it to decompose. It actually takes a long time to degrade the materials and it's absolutely a stress for the land. Also, there's impact on human, of course. So in the fashion industry, there are a lot of workers involved and it's important to actually ensure the workers' safe working environment and their welfare. So fashion also has a strong responsibility and also a great impact on those workers who are working in the industry. That's very true. I guess many consumers may not realize that the fashion industry, just like for example, the fossil fuel industry is causing a huge strain on our environment. So just as you mentioned, the fashion industry is harming our environment from many different aspects. And there are many potential solutions. But from my understanding, Plug and Play is currently focusing on four main solutions, which are biodegradable materials, green dyeing and finishing, digitalized supply chain and circular economy. Can you share with us the rationale behind prioritizing these four aspects? Sure. So first of all, we want to focus on biodegradable materials because we actually want to start from the most essential element of fashion products. Materials are always the most essential element. And we can see there are all types of material that we can choose in creating a fashion product. So whether the material is sustainable or not, is going to have a great impact on the overall sustainability of this product. If we take cotton, for example, the regular cotton growing process involves a large amount of water. But if we think about organic cotton in comparison, actually the organic cotton use much less water than regular cotton. So it's absolutely very important to mindfully choose uh, what kind of materials we want to use. And also for polyester products, if different types of polyester materials are mixed together, especially when they're mixed with cotton and other type of natural materials, it's harder to separate them when we're doing recycling for these type of materials. So it's often better to use a single type of material it's more sustainable way to do it, but sometimes considering the performance of the textile, we might want to mix things up, but it's always good to keep in mind that 
the choice of material is also essential to the overall sustainability of the product. And for green dyeing and finishing, we are actually looking at better technologies and better processes and better materials for dyeing and uh, finishing. This is actually the most important process, which has caused most of the water pollution among all the manufacturing of fashion items. In this area, we're also looking at green dyes. We're also looking at water treatment technologies and ways to reduce the use of water. And in digitalized supply chain, we actually believe that there's a great potential in companies that drive efficiency through digitalization and automation. So digitalized supply chain can also help company manufacture products and more tailored towards uh, consumer needs and reduce the excess of production. So the fashion industry is actually uh, creating a lot of pollution because they have manufactured some extra clothing that we don't need. This excess production problem can often be fixed by producing only what the consumer wants. And uh, last but not least, we're also focusing on circular economy. Circular economy is mostly concerned about how we actually dispose fashion items after their life cycle. A major concern for our disposal processes is that we just throw them away and we don't really have a better use of some of the clothings we have thrown away. Depending on how used is the clothing, we actually can separate them into different categories. So for the ones that are relatively new, they can be actually donated to other groups of people. For those ones that are just too old to be worn again, we can actually separate them into different types of materials and different types of textiles and treat them differently so that everything can be broken down into their most natural and essential form and go back into the loop. And this is the idea of cradle-to-cradle -cradle recycling. Great. Thank you for your really thorough and insightful response. So I'm sure you have encountered and interacted with many startups pushing for sustainable fashion. And among them, are there any particularly interesting or memorable innovation ideas that you would like to share with us? Yeah, sure. So for our audience information at Plug and Play, we actually have partnered with a large number of fashion companies. And in the month them, we are working with Cameron Group, which is the mother company of Gucci, Saint Laurent, Balenciaga, and a lot of luxury brands. And uh, we have launched a award towards sustainable fashion, which is called the K-Generation Award in 2018. This year, we're also having the second Karen Generation Award. And from our first round of the award, we actually identified three winners, and all of them are very interesting. So the first place from our award is called Melophon, and they are a company who are doing bio-based ecological dyes for fashion companies and dyeing factories. So a Melophon, they actually use natural raw materials like fallen leaves, and also animal source pigments for creating their dyes. And they can convert the pigments into a compound they have invented. And this compound combines perfectly with both the pigment and the textile. So it kind of increases the color fastness of the dye and the material. So regularly, if we consider organic dyes or natural dyes, they actually have a poor performance on color fastness. So on a scale of one to five, most chemical dyes can reach a level of four to 4.5 color fastness. 
But for natural dyes, normally they can only reach to like three to 3.5 color fastness. So it's a kind of a uh, not so good of a performance. Uh, but with Melophant, they can um, significantly increase the performance of the dye. So it did have a great impact on the fashion industry because now the brands can start to try using better and more sustainable dyes for their product. And uh, it's very important because all textile will have to be dyed before they are created into a piece of clothing. So this is something that uh, we can't really skip. And the second place is a company who works in water purification. So they take wastewater generated from each step of the manufacturing processes and they actually divide them into different streams and treat them differently. So it also significantly increases the efficiency for uh, recycling water and purifying water. And the third place is a company who's working on customer to manufacture and agile manufacturing for clothing. So they actually break down a, a production order into different parts and different processes. And they send those different manufacturing orders to factories who have a capacity for each part of the process. In this way, they can better utilize the uh, production capacity of all kinds of factories and each factory will only be uh, responsible for one part of the process and together they are creating a whole fashion item and this is also very interesting and it's also something that Alibaba has initiated last year uh, with the announcement of their new platform called Xinyo. We have seen a lot of ideas like these and we have also seen many new material companies coming up uh, from this area. We have seen recycled denim, which is recycling of denim jeans. And to make the material strong enough, they also add coffee grounds to the material to make it strong. We've also seen lotus silk. This is a good substitute for regular silk. And we've also seen startups who make t-shirts out of milk. So if you ever, ever think about the milk that you have thrown away, they can actually be converted into milk protein. And the protein can actually be also manufactured into fiber and later in the process be made into a t-shirt. Uh, it's really cool to consider that we have all these great new material companies working towards sustainable fashion. That's really interesting. It was really mind-opening to learn these new ideas and how they can potentially contribute to sustainable fashion, especially how you can actually transfer milk into new fiber and clothing. But besides an interesting idea, how do you usually decide which company to give your support to? Because I'm sure you face many different uh, new startups and innovations every day. So can you share with us some of the criteria that you use? Sure, of course. So we actually screen about 100 to 200 startups each year in sustainable fashion. Um, so that's a large amount. And when we actually give our support to these companies or uh, make an investment in them, we do have to consider how we can make the best use of our money and drive the largest impact. So we do have a couple of criteria we uh, regularly use to evaluate these startups. 
Well, the first one would be the degree of innovation. So we actually would love to see for startups to have a high level of innovation. Their technology has to be groundbreaking and new and just not what everyone else is doing. So if we found that the innovation is more of a regular innovation or just a slight modification of what we have right now, then it's not innovative enough for us to invest. But we do look forward to seeing more groundbreaking technologies in this area. And the second criteria we have is impact level. So in terms of impact, we are actually measuring two aspects. So the first one is impact on environment. So for sustainable fashion startups, it's very important for them to have strong impact on the environment. So what they are doing has to contribute to the overall sustainability of the planet. The second aspect is impact on uh, society. So they also have to have a great social impact and somehow educate the consumers about sustainable fashion and spread the idea of how sustainable fashion can help us achieve a better overall level of sustainability. And the third criteria we use is cost efficiency. And I think this is also crucial to actually implementing the idea and scaling the idea in later stages. So when big corporates look at these ideas, they will think about how much it would cost them to actually implement the idea. We would also love to see companies that are trying their best to lower down the cost of their innovation and make it affordable for most companies. And the fourth criteria we have is scalability. So we do want to see that startups can actually scale with their existing business model. And they also have the capacity and the capability to scale. In order to achieve all these above criteria, they actually need a strong team in place, a professional, committed, and dedicated team towards sustainability. Great. So Regina brought up four ways to evaluate the prospect of startups, which are um, degree of innovation, impact level, efficiency, as well as the capacity to scale. So my next question is, some people say that it is one thing to develop green technologies, but another thing for companies to really incorporate those technologies, especially considering the constraints of cost, time and scale. Do you think this is true in terms of the sustainable fashion industry? Yes, yeah, I actually think this is absolutely true because everyone is actually in business to make money and no innovations should actually be applied at a cost of endangering the core business. So I believe that corporates, they all are looking forward to discovering startups who can help them achieve sustainability and also lower their costs at the same time. And uh, this is where I think also the venture capital firms and the big corporates with forward-thinking innovation strategies should come in and accelerate the scaling of such great tech innovations. And also luxury brands in this space plays a crucial role they actually serve as a strong driver for the overall fashion market. Yeah, I guess it's good for firms to know that the water and the toxins that they have saved also translate into extra dollars for them. So since Regina, you are based in China, in Shanghai, we would like to ask that under the unique context of China, 
what are some obstacles preventing us from achieving sustainable fashion? That's a great question. So actually in China, we are still facing a challenge of awareness. Unlike in most US and European countries, there are already a strong awareness of sustainable fashion and at least people know about what sustainable fashion is. But in China, we're still having a challenge because most people haven't been so exposed to the idea of sustainable fashion. And there is a gap also between understanding sustainable fashion and actually making the purchase. So in educating all these consumers, I think the government and the brands and innovative tech startups are all responsible for educating consumers about sustainable fashion. I think it's also good to have support from the government regarding implementing these great technologies because for some of the companies at first, when they implement this technology, it might actually cost them a lot and they can get support from the government. It's great to have the startup do a small scale pilot and try to see if they can actually scale to a larger scale and build larger impact in long term. Yeah, I agree with you that consumer education or like the social aspect as well as the government support are really important. And we have talked a lot about what investors can do or what firms can do to achieve sustainable fashion. And from your experience, what can we consumers do in our everyday life to push for sustainable fashion? So as a consumer, I think there are a lot of things that we can do. And I only want to point out four main suggestions. First is be aware of your purchase. So be aware of what you're purchasing. And if you can, try to find out what kind of material is in your product and try to figure out how your product is being made. We can actually make better purchases by understanding the sustainability of the material and the responsible process of manufacturing. And this is the first thing. And second, I would suggest for people to rent instead of purchase. So there are actually a lot of startups who are working on renting fashion items and clothes. And personally, I'm a user of White Closet, which is a large circular fashion platform in China. And you can rent four to five items each time and you can just switch whenever you want. And this is a cool way of wearing different clothing every day to work. Uh, and it's absolutely sustainable because then you don't have to buy up all those fashion items in order to be considered fashionable. And third is to find a better way to dispose the items that you don't want. Instead of just throwing them away, maybe we can donate them to some organizations. And also some brands, they are doing recycling for their products they made. So bringing back the items that you don't want back into the store you bought it is also a great way to dispose the items you don't want. So the fourth thing is to embrace digitalization and virtual technologies. Nowadays, we do have those 3D textile technologies, which can show the real feeling of the textile and how it looks on you. And we also have technologies to create human body models for online fitting. So uh, it's really cool for us to embrace all those digital technologies when we're purchasing fashion items. And we can virtually try on those items on online platforms and e-commerce platforms without having to go to the brick and mortar store for that. 
Thank you for sharing with us these small steps that we all can take in our daily life. Now we come to our last question. It has been over a year since the pandemic hit the globe. So from your opinion, how has the pandemic affected the efforts towards sustainable fashion? That's a good question. So actually, I think the pandemic has helped everybody to learn about our actions on the environment and how we should be aware of what we're doing and we should pay more attention to our well-being and health and also the things we're eating, we're touching and we're interacting with on a daily basis. Regarding fashion, I think people learn more about how to choose better and safer materials for fashion products. They also had a better understanding of being conscious about their impact on the environment. It's also helping the greater human society maintain a better state of well-being. Great. Thank you, Regina, for sharing with us your valuable insights. We are really grateful that you can be here with us today. And it has been very interesting for me to be able to talk to you. And I hope our audience have found this episode to be enjoyable and meaningful. Thank you all for listening and see you next time.